A book is a gift you can open again and again. Garrison Keeler. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. This episode in particular is inspired by a couple of things that we've noticed in the publishing world, publishing trends, and it's all of the special editions. So many special editions these days. And in particular, I want to call out the one author who raised $80,000, it might be more at this point, for a special edition of her book with custom art and ended up using AI to create all of the art. Ah. But it's also a general shift that I've at least seen among readers who are getting tired of the FOMO tactics used by publishers to get you to buy as many copies of a book as possible. Whether that is releasing various special editions from different people that all look different, or in the case of Sarah J. Moss, who had five different exclusive chapters to five different retailer special editions last year. And that's where we want to talk is this exclusionary content in books as a way to sell as many copies of it as possible. Overall, I don't have an absolute huge kibosh on this. If people are going to want to spend an extra $35 for a chapter of your book, then sure. But it's the deceit that really bothers me this untitled new book that's about to come out, pre-order it now, and we haven't even released what the name is, and then it turns around and it's a book you already have. Yeah, I could do an entire episode just ranting about how I don't like Red Tower Books, the publisher, and they did this kind of exclusionary, it was really playing into the FOMO tactics of marketing. For those of you that don't know, FOMO is an acronym for Fear of Missing Out. And Red Tower for Fourth Wing, which is a hugely popular romanticy dragon book, as they were getting ready for the second book's release, they put up an untitled Red Tower book. And so many people bought it without knowing what it was. Huge speculation that got a lot of traction because they were playing on this instant fame that Fourth Wing had while doing this, oh, you might not know what it is, but you don't want to miss out because there's only a very limited number of these that we're even going to publish and release. And if you don't get it now, you're never going to get it. And it was literally the same content as the first book. I think there might have been like one extra chapter in there or something with a red cover instead of a gold cover. But it was one of those things for me personally, I really, really don't like this kind of marketing tactic because it pushes people to spend money that they may not necessarily need to spend on something because they are afraid of missing out on what everybody else is experiencing with this wildly popular book. Yeah, if you're going to release secret projects, make sure it's new content. I feel like there's a right way and a wrong way to do this kind of marketing. And we have examples of both in the last couple of years. We had four special projects from Brandon Sanderson where very little was released about what those were going to be. And a lot of people jumped onto the Kickstarter, including myself, to buy something that I didn't know anything about. 
but I had enough trust in the author and in his publishing capabilities to know I was going to be getting a good quality. And I think it does come down to that trust. You trust Sanderson to give you a great time for different projects. And we don't really trust Red Tower in the same way, especially if they have another one where they're like, untitled Red Tower project. Dramatically fewer people are going to fall for it this time. But if Brandon Sanderson announced, guys, I have another confession to make, six more books coming out next year, the fandom's just going to lose their minds. So there is definitely something to say about the marketing that this kind of tactic can offer, this exclusionary, hey, we have something special, we have something you can't get anywhere else. It really works, and it shows. Fourth Wing and Iron Flame were hugely popular for a reason. It is a good marketing tactic. I'm going to stop you on good because of the implications that English has with the word good. It is an effective marketing tactic. But to me, it feels very predatory. And when it comes to offering this exclusionary content, like S.J. Moss, where she had the special chapters in her books, I've seen many authors use that. And it works really well to be like, hey, if you want this special edition, you get special content with it. That is a normal thing to do. But I think there are a couple of limits with that. For one, if you're going to have bonus chapters for exclusive editions, then you need to make sure those chapters are not relevant to the plot. In my personal opinion, if you are going to offer bonus chapters, you also need to offer those to people who cannot buy multiple copies of your books. One author I saw do this did it through a newsletter. So you could access it in ways that didn't require you to spend money, but still helped you support the author. And to me, that's a far better way to do it, because you are making your writing more accessible to people who don't have the money to go out and buy all five editions of your book. A audiobook version and a paperback version and a leather-bound version and a hardback version. Okay, I have the money to do that, though. <laughs> that's the next thing we wanted to talk about, were these special editions. This is often a way for authors to connect with their fans and to give their fans little prizes that the public at large doesn't get access to. Sometimes it's a little novella or a short story that takes place between books in your series, that kind of thing, or even having that leather-bound hardback of your favorite book in that series. It has been shown time and time and time again, readers love pretty books. They love a shelf trophy that they can set up and be like, look how gorgeous this thing is just sitting there on my shelf. And in the last few years, those sprayed edges. Yes, I love like a good sprayed edge. I have no problem with special editions so long as, again, the bonus content that is available with it is available elsewhere as well. Yeah, basically an understanding is that bonus means extra. If it's key to the plot, if you're going to stop your book three quarters of the way through and then say, hey, you have to buy my bonus content now in order to finish the story, that's just unkind. Nobody wants a DLC for a book. Yeah. We've said it again and again. 
it comes down to that trust. Your readers trusting you when you say I'm going to do a thing, that either makes or breaks your career. If they have faith in you, then it doesn't matter what you write, they're going to continue purchasing it. The whole Lee and Andrew Child debacle was a breach of trust because the new author that the series got handed off to didn't have the same writing style and didn't have the same respect for the character that the readers had. So there was a breach of trust and a lot of the fandom was lost. In the other example that we used at the very beginning of this episode, it was, to me, that breach of trust as well. Other people might not have a problem with this like I do. I have a very anti-AI art, AI creative mindset. And so when this author was representing her special edition, she built out this Kickstarter for her omnibus of her very popular four-book dark romance series, and it funded within minutes. It raised more than $80,000, and all of the art from the cover to the inside illustrations, everything was AI. She did say that it was AI, but at the very bottom of her incredibly long campaign page. So basically, it was intentionally hidden information, and a lot of readers and funders of this particular campaign found it very disingenuous because they want to support the arts. They want to support artists. That's why they're on places like Kickstarter and GoFundMe, because they want to see these types of people thrive. And the fact that this person took more than $80,000 from their fans and then turned it around and ran it through a machine is a misuse of their funds and a breaking of that trust. I will say she had all of that artwork planned out before it reached that funding number, and that was way beyond what she had hoped to fund. But if I were to do a Kickstarter and I had made some basic cover design for it and I suddenly raised way more than I was expecting, I would have put it in, hey, I am now going to get an illustrator to make a gorgeous cover for this. In her shoes, I personally think she should have said, awesome, I now have the money. I am going to go to a real artist and get this content made by a real artist instead of using the AI that I had previously created. And today we aren't talking about the second editions. You find a typo and you like change it or this is the abridged version because we don't need 50 pages about what a whale looks like. That's something different than what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about making slightly different versions of the exact same thing or giving your readers something a little extra with a special edition. So having these as a marketing tactic, leaning into that FOMO versus giving your readers something else to have on their shelf as a serial killer prize, these are very different ways of maintaining your trust in your audience and their trust in you. So make sure that you can give them something that's worthy of their time, that's worthy of their affection for what you're doing. And that starts when you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>